Hello. Hey. I'm Alex. I'm Val. And we are here to talk about season 6B, 7, 6B.7, mm-hmm. Second Coming. The Second Coming? The Second Coming. The Second Coming. Written by Terrence Winter, directed by Tim Van Patten. Pretty major team on this episode. Mm-hmm. And uh, just a note, in the last episode we said we didn't think we were going to make it to the end of the show. I think we're going to try. <laughs> <laughs> no, we always were going to make it. The question was... No, we're not going to make it. The question was if you were going to do if it we had to, If we had to take a big break. Yeah, but I so think we gonna, might be pretty like Sopranos focused the next this weekend. This weekend. <laughs> we're going to go for it whenever yeah. we can. It might make us really hate the world right but that's okay we and have existential crises but at least we it. like pack it into a weekend we don't extend it out longer. right you might as well just get it out of the way yeah. so we're gonna try uh-huh. and hopefully i mean who knows by the time this is by the time the next <laughs> episodes come up maybe we won't have made it but our intention is to make it that's our <laughs> no we, now i plan. feel like we're committed to doing it shit we okay. said it yeah okay well we're gonna we're gonna try but there's only two more episodes we can do that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Not our recap. Our recap will come later. There will be a break. Yeah. Um, but we're really... I also kind of want to do, like, once we're done. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe just you and I can do this without recording it also. But I would, I don't, I don't I would like... I don't think I don't think we I should I would like that. to just, like, do a... Kind of like an overhaul on like the takeaways from watching the show this time around. Right, like a like a series recap, <laughs> yeah. series discussion. Yeah, but like I said, we could also just like have that conversation in private in our private life. I guess we could. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's it's possible. Yeah. So, what do you think about the second coming? I think it's, I mean, like real endgame here that we're dealing with. Like, this is some pretty intense television. It's not, um, this is not something I think we could have like handled at an, at a point of the season that wasn't leading towards the very end. Mm. Like this is pretty, like we are reaching the pinnacle of some of these characters arcs, right? Like we're reaching the point where we're going to like leave them very shortly. Right. And we assume, if you haven't watched this before, or if you have, like, there might be more climactic action yet to come, right? Like, but this episode is really, is really intense. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I feel- and with some major messages for the show and for Kara. Like, I think, like, again, like, with ending last episode with Tony's peyote journey, and I get it, right? Mm-hmm. We're left kind of again like questioning okay like what does this mean like who is tony gonna be where did he choose right um and we get a lot in this episode and like a lot of it's really vocalized a lot of it's really verbalized by him which right. is interesting or yeah, like or what did by he crack other characters. about who he is yeah and anyway, so i, I do want to talk about some of those things Definitely. um but then we also you know like again like kind of understanding the soprano curse i guess better and carmela says that in the episode you know, she like t- talks about this whole uh, whatever, like genealogy, right? Going back to his uncle in Avellino Aval- mm-hmm. with the donkey, right? Like, so we a- we actually start to understand what that curse looks like, right? Because we've seen Livia, we've known Livia, we're reminded of Livia in this episode and the things that she believed and the things that she said. Um, we see Tony on this path that he's chosen to take and his depression in this episode also. And then we see AJ and how that's kind of like carried down through him. Um, right. 
and like even like you know despite kind of like best intentions of it not yeah absolutely yeah and i think that like the title the second coming it is a second coming of anthony like it is this repetition of anthony's faults and anthony's character through aj Mm -hmm. like we're seeing basically this cycle that kind of constantly Mm -hmm. exists and we're seeing how aj is kind of falling into the same some of some of the same Mm -hmm. behaviors as anthony he's a different person but we can see how uh, Tony Soprano's behavior has influenced AJ and has maybe impacted who he is becoming. Mm-hmm. In fact, his relationship with depression and the way that he talks about it is very similar. And this idea of a big nothing and this this concept of nihilism that's been passed down through generations, we can kind of see these ideas kind of perpetuating these characters born at different times. And that's carried out through their life and just continues this Mm -hmm. cycle through their offspring. Mm -hmm. I also agree. Like, I think by the end of this episode, we're definitely in a different place. We're in the end game of the show. It's an interesting episode because for part of it, while I was watching, it actually felt very kind of narrative driven. Mm. There was a lot of just events happening. Yeah. Action. Yeah, this New York story is kind of amping up. We have this story with AJ that's very dramatic. There's a lot of things that are happening that are taking us to a new place where the show can end that -hmm. have been more traditionally dramatic than a lot of the other focuses throughout this season. So at times it felt kind of less symbolic and less thematic, but Hmm. I still think that those things exist and they kind of creep their way back in. And I think there's also this nice kind of bookending where things are related to the beginning of the show. We reinvestigate Livia's philosophy. We we really look at the impact of mothers. Mm-hmm. We also start to kind of, yeah, look at the impact Understand of fathers. therapy too. also. Looking yeah. at therapy is definitely a really key part that's kind of been abandoned for part of the show, mm-hmm. but is now being revisited. Um, and there, I mean, there is a lot of narrative development in this, in this episode, but I think there is also a lot of other stuff to kind of dive into. It's so, I mean, it's so masterful. It's just, it's just crazy what this team and these writers can do within the context of a whatever 50 minute episode. Um, It's just, it's just so perfectly executed. And again, like, like in, it's like internally and externally beautiful, right? Like it's like as its own standalone episode has, you know, its arc and its, messaging and then like in the context of the whole show just fits so amazingly within the arc of the show itself and this season yeah so it's just i mean it's just amazing um just to go hmm? we're fans (laughs) we're big fans um just to go back on what you were saying about you know this this genealogy thing maybe we can talk about it Mm -hmm. a little bit more um the one thing that we did have tony saying like after they have that conversation you know at aj's therapy um where he's talking, like, they ask him, you know, what did your grandmother say, right? Right. We have Tony back in Melfi's office um, saying, you know, talking about his peyote trip and saying um, the thing he realizes this is not all there is, that there's something else. Right. And I don't know if that's true or not, right? Like, now we, you know, like, we know that, you know, sociopaths don't respond to therapy or whatever Melfi's finding out too, right? So I don't know, like, if Tony means that, if that's what it was that he got. I just, I, I'm trying to understand 
that difference about him saying like the thing I discovered on my peyote trip is this is not all there is that goes against that it's all nothing Mm. for me interesting and so I found that interesting that that's what he came away with which you know like we were talking about like there is this he had this revelation yeah that goes against nihilism that's interesting mm -hmm. I didn't really think about that I'm not I'm I'm not really sure what to do with it in terms Mm -hmm. of like looking at Tony as a character or if I believe him or you know, uh, I mean, I don't know. he can't in this really episode, verbalize it either. So we're kind of yeah, left with it. Yeah. I mean, he's like, obviously, um, pretty fucked up this episode. Like some of the acting when he goes to Coco's restaurant yeah. or whatever, like just his, his facial expressions, his, like he's just, he's nuts. He's yeah. like gone off the deep end. He has um, gone off the deep and end. And you, you were saying something really interesting while we were watching the show uh-huh. about this and about kind of like Tony's states. Maybe we can talk about that too. I don't know. Well, there was two, li- two kind of instances that kind of related to each other for me. And mm-hmm. I think it is a possible reading, like so many things in this show, you could interpret the way things occur to mean something. Mm-hmm. When he's with Melfi, the way that Melfi asks, are you ashamed of him? And he says, actually, I am. It's the coward's way out. Mm-hmm. And then Melfi says, but that I think that person didn't understand depression. But there's this, at least my interpretation, or a interpretation, an interpretation. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 interpretation. <laughs> would be, sorry, she says, but you understand depression, don't you? And... For me, the interpretation there is that there's this kind of criticism there that Tony does understand wanting to kill yourself Mm -hmm. based on perhaps his decisions in his life. There's this kind of insinuation that maybe he should even kill himself or maybe that Melfi thinks that the only solution is for him to die. Mm. Um it's very, I mean, that is definitely reading into that comment. But the way that it's acted and the way that it's communicated is more than just, oh, well, you understand depression yeah. because clearly you've been here and we've talked about depression. Yeah. There's something more than that. And I think that well, Maura suggested... I think, like, on, on one level, like, she's, like, calling him out and being, like, like, just, like, stop bullshitting me, right? right. Like, stop pretending that, you know, this is so embarrassing to you that your son is depressed when like you also clearly have issues that you struggle with right Right. like stop trying to like you know make yourself seem so different from him right um but i do but i think what you're saying about the insinuation of like what melfi thinks like tony's life i don't know like what is the ultimate solution for tony to melfi that would definitely know. be reading into reading into it. Yeah. I think that she's suggesting that he should die, but there is this critical aspect of of possibly suggesting like you should understand this, and you mm. should understand that these feelings sh- could lead to mm. feeling suicidal feelings. Mm. What is an interesting thing to think about is like perhaps Tony going to Coco's restaurant, acting in this enraged, crazy way. Like, knowing that it's going to be dangerous. Knowing knowing that it's probably suicidal. Yeah, Thinking about exactly. the realities of being in the mob and going against a New York family that's much stronger than his. There has to be questions asked of, is he wanting to die? 
is it maybe a deliberate decision? Is he, is his subconscious maybe suggesting something mm-hmm. to him? Is he acting in a way to respond to his life? That is our reading. The other mm-hmm. thing too is that he only actually leaves his house after Meadow says that she's been dating Patrick Parisi. He doesn't leave actually after finding out about Coco and what he said. Right. So there's this other thing that that actually is kind of the thing that sets him off. And again, there's this aspect of generations passing the torch. Tony and Carmela maybe mm-hmm. wanting something different for their kids mm-hmm. and Meadow falling back into this orbit of New Jersey and the mob. Well, kind of like both AJ and Meadow in different ways, right? Like right. our you know, like AJ hasn't escaped this soprano curse. Meadow also hasn't escaped, you know, the life of a mob wife, basically, right? Exactly. Um, so I think, like, for both also, soprano kids, that's kind of what's not what going to me. medical school, right? Yeah, it's too hard. It's too hard. <laughs> um, and moving into law, which again, like, thinking about her going into law mm-hmm. as again, like, a connection to. The mafia, yeah, and being in a profession that is could be protecting yeah, people useful. like Tony. It's yeah. yeah, useful. It's much closer. Yeah, it's, it doesn't have that detachment of leaving the world of yeah. New Jersey. No, and I think for both characters, right? Like, okay, like, are they like better off or worse off than their own parents? I, like, I don't know, right? Like, they're not the same as Tony and Carmela. They're not, right. you know, they have. I mean, we see it with AJ this episode, like. He has very, and Meadow and Meadow too has this kind of like social justicey kind of strange, right? Um, uh, I don't know. Open like openness is not the right word, but like curiosity, curiosity, yeah. And which their which their parents neither of their parents have, right? Right. Um, they're woke. <laughs> they're super woke. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Um, no, I don't think they're quite woke, but. I don't know. Like, so they they do have differences, right? But like, again, neither of them have been able to escape. It's like a it's like a darker pull. Right. Absolutely. And I think that that is a really key part. Like of a black where hole. Like is. again, comparison to the solar system stuff. Like you know. Hmm. Black hole. Interesting. Yeah, and I think that that is a major question of you know where does everybody end up? And I think that there is this kind of depressing inevitability of Meadow and AJ Mm -hmm. kind of ending up in the same place as their parents, not breaking the cycle, Mm -hmm. despite the best wishes of their parents. And I think that And kind of our hope, and like the audience's hope for them too, right? right? And that's why I think the ending of this show is, again, so amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Because they don't, don't, well, we're not there (laughs) yet. (laughs) But these writers definitely don't play to what the audience would like to see. No, it's not about that. No. Yeah, there, it is interesting, actually. Like, one of the first scenes with AJ, like, we have the shot on the asbestos. Mm-hmm. And we wind. can see New York, so there's obviously implications about Tony's actions and what he's dumping mm-hmm. and his garbage kind of now, like, sifting towards New York in a mm-hmm. way that's going to impact things. But I love not only that suggestion by the shot, but the edit and how it goes to Tony sleeping. So, like, this mm-hmm. kind of idea of him being okay with it, being able to sleep through the Whatever. impact that he has. Yeah. yeah, the destruction and the negative impact that he has through his actions and his decisions. But then it cuts to AJ not asleep and restless. Mm-hmm. And I think that there is a difference between Tony and AJ in that way. Definitely. Where AJ does not feel as comfortable with this kind of behavior. 
And we saw it in the last episode, too. With the Somali boy. and Yeah, yeah. and actually, we talked about it in this episode, like, where that's the question, is, like, is this what really has been bothering you? And there were some interesting questions there as well. Like, mm-hmm. do you think that it has a relationship to Blanca? Like, do you think that mm-hmm. it has been <laughs> she, bothering She is you? really tan. She is really tan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um... It is an interesting question to ask. Like, is this impacting AJ so heavily for other reasons, right. for a symbolic reason? Right. Because it clearly that that was a turning point for him. So, is there some, there is something about this injustice and this inequity and this mm-hmm. realization of class, I guess, that's mm-hmm. kind of creeping into his life, Definitely. And affecting him in a very serious way. Yeah. 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 It. Yeah. The writers are not uh, leaving us with like a hopeful vision. No, for anybody. Well, in I this mean, there's show. so much kind of depressive talk to like yeah. AJ. Why can't I catch catch a break? Which is so reminiscent yeah. and actually pretty much just Tony even identical says exactly that to, yeah. to Tony. I why mean, it's me? just we kind see of, him just kind of inheriting here. the vocabulary and the language mm-hmm. of Tony and talking about depression. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really it is very. It's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, kind of, it He also, like, he does have a thing with, like, materialism, right? And so, like, I think that's kind of what you said. Like, he's, like, having these realizations about socioeconomic class. Mm-hmm. Because he, last episode and this episode, there was a lot of, like, in his English class, they were talking about the material world, right? And these things. Um, and then in this episode, he talks about like you know the, watching the news, and it goes from this you know burn unit in Iraq to this mall in Wisconsin, mi- in Minnesota, or something okay, like cool. that, right? And so yeah. like that makes him sick. That kind of like that, um, you know, like uh, other people's consumption mm-hmm. um, bothers him, even though he's obviously like a consumer. Like it's not that he's you know. Right, he's obviously a hypocrite. He's obviously hypocritical. I mean, but we like, even see like a shot he, yeah, of his car that he was given yes, and he exactly. drives, which references his yes. comments about SUVs. He's clearly not like yeah. walking the walk. Woke. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that is like at least that's something that he kind of grappled with. Now, like Tony does grapple with big issues also, but. Right. Yeah. I mean, there is this existential yeah. component to what yeah. Tony is constantly yeah. thinking about. And that materialistic aspect, there's some interesting threads through the episode. This focus on watches. Mm-hmm. At the beginning, Tony giving a Carmela a watch, which typically he actually does these... He gives these gifts at moments when of him doing something bad. wrong. <laughs> he's been bad and he kind of buys her off. And typically it works. Yeah. But then later on, Carmela throws the watch back. Mm-hmm. And also, a really for me, a really key moment is when Tony jumps into the pool to save AJ. And there's that shot of his watch. Close-up yeah. shots, like, on his watch. Yeah. So the fact that he would jump in with the watch, there is this very human element to that scene. Yeah. That does humanize Tony at the end of the show. So despite mm-hmm. him in this spiral downwards... There's this aspect that he really does love his son and he does love his family. Mm-hmm. And he will act in a very human way, in a way that we can empathize with and respect. But at the same time, he's the jury is out on what kind of a person this guy is. Yeah. But it's amazing how they still complicate it and they still offer us these positive attributes. Yeah. yeah. No, it, it, it is superhuman. I, I'm superhuman, but superhuman. It, it's superhuman. <laughs> um, you know, when he's like, 
clutching AJ when he, after he's pulled AJ out of the pool and the, and that final scene which is so amazing of them like you know he brings this pizza because maybe they can sit there and eat pizza together but he can't bring at the, the pizza end of the show in yeah at the end that's and really so, sad that part really that hits me that's <laughs> the saddest part of the whole show um and then they have to just like kind of connect as people we hope right um, and we've talked about food too being this like yeah. element of control. Well, Carmela also wanted to bring AJ food yeah. too, and, and they can't allowed, now. right? Yeah, so that's really interesting how they've been stripped of that, and, and they, they do now. Just eat some onion rings. They're together. just stripped to this completely human level. Um, but also that food potentially has been used to kind of mask some of the issues sure. that have existed. Yeah, well, and AJ, and AJ has commented on that before, right? And I forget last episode, Recently. the episode before, yeah, mm-hmm. like. When do you guys can understand that food doesn't solve everything, solve everything or something? Yeah. yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, it's just like it hurts my body watching this episode. It's so painful. It is. It's It's really, we're in a very bleak, <sighs> bleak place. And also, I mean, again, yeah, like there's, there's just so much talk of this kind of nihilistic philosophy. I mean, also, yeah, like AJ, he's really picked up the kind of, nihilist attitude don't you ever feel that there's no point to all this mm-hmm. um and i think that that is a kind of key theme and in investigation in this episode that's kind of focused on is this idea of kind of inevitability yeah and this idea of generations repeating the same mistakes well, even so, like he says like as an individual like like i'm just an individual what could i do right right so it is kind of this like that it's meaningless Right? right? Like, there's just nothing. Yeah. Right. And it's very pessimistic. Yeah. I mean, we can see through Tony Soprano's actions the impact that one person can have in a negative way. Yeah. And obviously, yeah. that can exist in a positive way as well. But the attitude really isn't there. Yeah. Um, also, like, AJ's depression versus Tony's depression. Right. If there uh, is this aspect yeah. of both of them as depressed people, it's interesting to focus on. The difference. The differences. Yeah. Um, this conversation with Carmela is interesting between Tony and Carmela. Depressed, playing, and she's saying you're playing the depression card until right. it's tattered to shreds. Throwing the watch back, actually kind of breaking out of that aspect of being kind of bought out through a material good. Mm-hmm. But there is something about reflecting on Tony at the end of the show where I don't know if I would claim that he really is or ever was depressed. Hmm. I don't know if that is his issue. Right. I think it's kind of, in some ways, I think it is a cop-out and that mm. this conversation that occurs between, I always want to call him Peter Bogdanovich, but Elliot Kupferberg yeah. and Melfi about a sociopath and how mm-hmm. talk therapy validates them, sharpens their skills. I think ultimately that is a better interpretation than Tony dealing with his depression. Yeah. I mean, I think he has a lot of issues of his own Yeah, making. I don't think he'd keep going back. And that's what I was like, I was asking that you know, last season, this season, like, why is Tony still going to therapy? I mean, he says in this season that he's going back for AJ that he was done. I think there is an element of appearances. Um, I think it's because, again, like, it's sociopathic, right? Like, that's where he is getting this validation for. Definitely. And and I think he wouldn't go if it weren't for that. Right. And we've seen throughout the show, he has honed his skills and come up to solution, come up with solutions Mm. to his problems through the process of talking through with Melfi Mm -hmm. Um, whereas I think with AJ it's different I think AJ is facing 
he's a very flawed character, but I, I feel like he faces a more kind of true form of depression. Um, I think that he's struggling in a very different way than Tony and in a way that maybe yeah. they can't, his parents don't really understand because it is impact, impacting him more deeply. Yeah. Um, there is kind of this like hopelessness that's kind of permeated his entire worldview that seems very, that he seems very sick. Mm-hmm. I mean, Tony seems sick in a very different way to me. Yes. He doesn't like, seem just s- like a more evil way. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and in a way where, I mean, yeah, he's, he's just kind of perpetuating horrible things on other people and lacking empathy, lacking responsibility. But AJ seems to be genuinely sad. Mm. Um, and I guess Tony is too, and it manifests itself in different ways, mm-hmm. but there is this depression and yeah, that, well, we that, is, ha- we that have, is different. I don't think it's a crutch, yeah. and I don't think yeah. it's, a, it's an excuse. Whereas I think Tony did use it in those ways. Yeah, I think I think back to the last episode where we have Christopher's friend saying Christopher's <laughs> <friends>. <laughs> saying that um, like she's never seen someone like Christopher used to tell sad stories, but she's but Tony's actually sad. Yeah, and that maybe this can just look really different, right? Like maybe this is how Tony's depression manifests totally. itself, right? Possible. And, you know, that's hard to di- just, diagnose also, but I think I but I see what you're saying also and I think that, you know, those that scene with Peter Bogdanovich, Elliot Kupferberg, <laughs> um like where that scene is leading us is kind of to this idea that like I, I think like we're led to really believe and I don't know we're he makes a compelling argument at, as an interpretation for an interpretation of Tony Soprano's character right is that the only interpretation no, no. Um, but he really does make it compelling is it the best interpretation maybe <laughs> maybe right and and is it an interesting interpretation yeah absolutely right uh, is it part of it probably Right? right, but you know, but again, like this show tries to also trick us into picking like black and white. Yeah, I mean, this show um, doesn't deal in absolutes. That's no, for sure. and we even have like Tony in his session with Melfi this um, episode, bringing up like he says, like I'm a good guy, basically. I love my family. Mm-hmm. Why? And me? that, <laughs> yeah, and that he he believes in this balance and this yin and this yang, right? Mm-hmm. So this like really black and white. Um, right. Interesting. Symbol, right? right? Like it's a, you know. Good and bad. Good and bad. Those are the right. only two things. Balanced. Um, that it's balanced. And so I thought that was also an interesting insight into into Tony. It is. Um, also, that idea of him basically being a good guy is a question mm-hmm. that we were asking a lot at the beginning of the show. And I think is so fundamentally and clearly untrue by yeah. this point. And as we've taken these darker turns, it's just... And even I love my family. Somewhat ridiculous. Yeah, and even like on the watch saying, you are my life to Carmela. Mm-hmm. I mean, clearly she is not his life. No. We've witnessed his life now yeah. for a long time. Yeah. And Carmela is a part of it, but it is definitely not, probably it's not like, even the center of it. Yeah. No, it's pretty peripheral. Yeah. Peripheral. Peripheral. <laughs> um, um, yeah, no, like, you know, Melfi says, you know, that he's searching for something. Um, I don't, I don't know that he really is searching for anything. Like, I don't know, like, what are Tony Soprano's 
again, like, okay, yeah, Carmela being his life, like, um, like, what are his goals? What is he reaching for, searching for? Well, that's for, a good question. Right? And in some ways, I think there is that possible reading at, at this point of maybe he is just kind of overreaching and trying to just gain, either by reading it of wanting to gain control in the mm. face of losing control, like we talked about last episode, yes. or taking it really far and thinking that he's just pushing things so far that he just has to the the yeah. reaction actually comes back and that yeah. the yin and the yang occurs and the action all these horrible actions will respond with their reaction which right. could be him dying which maybe right. is the best thing dark very strong reading but dark reading We're, this is gonna be a fun weekend of sopranos We're gonna have. that's ooh, <laughs> that's bleak um yeah. Uh, yeah no i i think definitely i also think it's really interesting like what we what we learn about Tony's character and his actions, like with this, you know, quote unquote, soprano curse in his blood. Um, when we get that recall back to Livia's statement, right? Like in the end, your friends and family let you down and you die in your own arms. Yeah. I think like understand, like trying to understand or aiming to understand a character or even like two characters, if we're thinking about Tony and AJ, who that's their outlook on life. Right. So like, you know, your friends and family are not reliable, right? They're they're gonna let you down eventually. And in the end you're alone. And that's like and this is this, you know, I guess whatever, her hereditary outlook yeah. on life that you've encountered. And so what that means for you as you like go about the world. Um, and we see that with Tony, right? Like Tony kills his friends and his family members. Right. Um, he talks about that in his session last in last episode. Um you know, the people, you know, he's killed people close to him. Yeah. Right. He sure has. Um, he doesn't, he, he does think his family's letting him down. Right. Both families. Um, well, and he admits that he thinks, take it for what it is, but yeah. he admits that AJ is, is embarrassing him. Yeah. Right. Um, he's ashamed of him. And so, you know, so what's he left? Like, what's he left? But like, he can just like, I don't know. It, for me, it's like you can kind of like burn all your bridges now because like it doesn't matter. Um, in the end, right. you're, in mean, the like, end, you're alone, anyways. The right? ultimate, yeah, yeah. What a what a nice worldview. In the end, your friends and families <laughs> let you down and you die in your own arms. Yeah, and you, nice. and you see how like both AJ and Tony interact with that in this episode, right? Yeah. It's like what that old lady in Donnie Darko says. <laughs> what does she say? We all die alone. Oh. And then Jake Gyllenhaal gets sad about it. <laughs> oh, God. Donnie Darko. I haven't watched that movie since I was I'm, sad and in high school. <laughs> yeah, we, we don't need to talk about that in the, like, the ultimate Soprano episodes. It's not necessary. But I, it's my fault. I brought it up. Yeah, you did bring <laughs> it up. It just reminded me of it. Mm. That's what she says. Mm. It's, a, it's a philosophy, I guess. Right. Yeah. But. Um, yeah, and then so, yeah. Anyhow, we have to- we have Tony, <laughs> we have Tony saying at least two times this episode, if not more. Poor you, he says. Poor, right. poor you to AJ. He says poor you to Carmela. Right. Um, the language that we've seen developed, this like kind of language of nihilism, mm-hmm. really does make a strong appearance in this episode. Really does. And it's really interesting how we see that it poem. coming from different characters. Yes. How it's like officially permeated everybody. In this world. Yeah. It's gone beyond just Livia. It really has successfully. It's kind of like a contagion. Well, and we, and we know that it goes back past Livia. Although, interestingly, donkey, although interestingly, <laughs> interestingly, when they're talking about that hierarchy, they actually don't mention Livia. They mention Johnny Boy. Right. 
right? Like it's like his lineage. Right. Um, so they actually don't even like say that about Livia in this episode. Right. Well, and to, because, but Tony talked about the mothers as buses, but ultimately, about, which we should mothers. talk about. But yeah. interestingly, like if this is our kind of analysis of how these things are passed along, is it even Livia's fault? You know, I mean, like, right. is Livia even to blame? This question of nature versus nurture. Well, that it's, all, it's just like asking, like, who's to blame, Tony or Carmela? Exactly. It, it, These it's questions like it's, that, yeah, it's kind of like irrelevant. In Besides some ways. the point, yeah, it's, yeah, they're all factors. Yeah, but I'm sure Livia had an existence that was similarly affected by, sure. you know, the others. Around. Well, yeah, like because Carmela is consumed, but you know what I mean. Like we see Carmela, who okay, she's not a soprano, right? But right. You know, she had, and they they refer to Tony in high school in this episode too, right? Like that she was, how did they put it? Um, That she married under false pretenses of that? How did they put it? Yeah, I think so. Um, That wasn't how they put it. Oh, no, they did. Yeah. Poor you. You got married under false pretenses. And that's when she throws the watch at him. Mm. Um, but there's this reference back to him in high school, right? And, like, that Carmela could have had this other... We've had reference to, like, this other boyfriend who she right. had or whatever, right? Or the pharmacist, right? right. Um, you know, like, she does not have that possibility anymore. No. You know, like, she's too far gone. Yeah. Um, and so, again, like we were saying, this question of, you know... Uh, of Livia, right? Like, is it passed down through Livia or does it even matter, right? It's like she was living in this scenario with someone very much like Tony Soprano and that right. has to fuck with you. I mean, you might be, you might have on your own accord some weird evil inside you too already, right? Or not evil, it's very strong, but you know what I mean? Like, well, if we're talking in yin and yang terms, well, you know, but you know what I mean? Like, you might have your own shit. We all do. Um, but that, you know, being involved in this environment really doesn't give you that much hope yeah to be anything more than that if not worse i guess like right yeah it makes you make questionable choices yeah no absolutely so we have the scene with aj this kind of pivotal scene of aj Mm -hmm, the pool yeah trying to commit suicide Mm, that's also a very painful scene it is pretty painful it is yeah it is difficult it's it's interesting too to think about from watching the show many times like it does come up rather suddenly like there Mm -hmm. is this very quick escalation to this point yes um there are interesting questions that are raised like melvi saying perhaps he knew in subconsciously that the rope was too Too short and it was a statement (laughs) to whatever yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) you're you're correct not me um there's also the fact that it happens in the pool which is such a symbolic place in the sopranos going back to even the first episode where we actually get the the ducks this kind of metaphor that happens in the pool and focus on it and analyze it in melfi's session of them representing the family flying away from the pool and tony kind of embracing them inside that pool pool being able to kind of control them kind of being or being able to have them there without you know kind of within his domain it is interesting that's the place that AJ chooses to do this. Also, kind of the symbolism of water, which we've talked about so much. This mm-hmm. idea of ablution, mm-hmm. maybe trying to wash away your sins, which is something that characters often do do before they die. Going back do-do. to do do, going back to Vin McKazian, I think, if not maybe even earlier examples. Wow, that feels like a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> I always think about Vin McKazian. He's great. I guess we should start watching the show again. 
<laughs> that's the that's what happens at the end of the show. You yeah. finish and you're like, okay, I guess I should start again. Like, what should, yeah. I, what should we watch next? It's like, I don't Nothing. Sopranos, yeah. I guess. Except this time, this has really taken a lot out of me, at least. <laughs> I think we're done for a bit. You, at least. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, anything to add on that? Um... Yeah, I mean, I just like, I just find it really hard to watch. And I do think like, you know, similarly to Tony, there is this aspect, like, it's even like, this is like, kind of dark, but like, even kind of like the hyper dramatic effect of like having the bag over his head and trying to drown himself. Right. Like it was like, kind of like overkill right. of trying to kill yourself. That's like, a little dark, but like, I don't know... I don't know that AJ really wanted to kill himself at that moment. Right. Um, I think it's a possibility, and I don't doubt that it's a possibility for, like, that this is something that his character would do. Right. But I do think that there is this part of AJ that is kind of, like, dramatic and looking, like, he's, uh, I don't know, maybe it's just my, like, I, like, have to have a little bit of hope left for him, but, like, that he's looking for kind of a way out of the scenario mm. that he's in. And Right. Um, like even though that's also hard and depressing, like that like there is some other place that he can be. Right. Um around people other people that aren't his family. Um right. so I don't know. Like so I don't know. So I, I I mean I think like there I people could rightly criticize the show, I think, for maybe that feeling rushed if it's if it is straight up like you know aj started feeling this way last episode and now he's killing himself it's not like out of the question right but i i do think there is i don't know that it was a genuine right you know and we also have the aspect. and we see his struggle right and that's the thing right too. And like that's we, part we of do it. we see his struggle which again, like, definitely happens to people who do plan to kill themselves right. for real, you know. Like, yeah. Um, but yeah, that there's this there's this struggle and there's this desire to. Right, and I think know, it is like a die. moment yeah. for AJ because I think we see that like he does want to live in that moment. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I don't know. Like, in what world he wants to live. Right. Um. Yeah. I mean, I think really great acting by. What's his face? Robert Eiler. Robert Eiler. I agree. I think he's a good actor. People you know? criticize even like young even AJ. on past viewings. I had yeah. a tough time. I actually think he does a great uh, job. See, I've always I've always thought he did a great yeah. job. Maybe when he's younger, there are some moments, but well, fair I don't enough. Know, but like I don't know. What, was, what were we doing when we were thirteen? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not all the Sopranos. Yeah. Not like winning mm. Emmys. <laughs> no, we weren't doing that. Um, no, I, um, I was doing. Very little. <laughs> <laughs> There's that weird, uh, that weird scene of AJ's voice overdubbed reading that poem when right. he's lying in bed reading the poem. It's so manic how he kind of goes up and down from being seemingly on this better path and then on mm. a, kind of in a much bleaker place. Well, it happens that it's very cyclical for him, right? I think that is something like we that almost like pushes him into a darker place when he's on these better paths. Like yeah. when he is like learning or exposing himself to different people or having a relationship, right? Like, yeah. Um, that's what kind of sends him into these 
spirals, kind of like interacting with the real world, sends him into these spirals. Um, back, like back into home, and yeah. back into like Tony and Carmela's grasp. I don't know. Yeah. Um, he's like come and gone a lot of times. Right. And he always is absolutely. Back. Yeah. Right. Um, the same way Meadow is too. The same way Meadow is. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Yeah, and it, you can kind of see that magnetic pull that mm-hmm. exists to the lifestyle. Yep. And how people do try to break away from it, but ultimately don't. Yeah. But yeah, no, that scene with the poem is really... I'd like to, like, you know, in my spare time, read that poem mm. and get a better handle on it. Yeah. But I think that is kind of like we were talking about before. Like, AJ, like, you know, it's funny to see him having come from... Um, the Robert Frost poem with Meadow helping him to analyze it, right? And like we have right. that stuff about black and white. So he's come from there, not being able to write an essay on that, to like really getting some deep understanding. At least maybe even if not a deep from, understanding, like a deep connection mm, to this or work. appreciation. Yeah, and he yeah. really likes his English class, and right. he this. I mean, the you know the. Um, episode title the second coming is after this yeats poem right right? um you know again i think it has multiple different layers to it obviously but um that that, yeah that that is something they do (laughs) um but that that's like you know that's a a class that he really enjoys right and and, but but also at the same time has kind of precipitated him going down this kind of like more nihilistic philosophical right right? like it kind of like again like kind of put this good this like on the surface good thing kind of pushes him down this darker yeah totally i don't know yeah school's hard med school's hard (laughs) school's hard med school's hard yeah it you know that's that is what it is yeah i have some small kind of things okay. that I was going to call Well, on. you say something. I'll just look at my notes, see if I have anything else. Okay. Okay. One, very important. Yes. Phil Leotardo's house. Okay. Go we on. have to yes. talk about that Please. because it's at Marlborough in Dorchester, yeah. which is very close to where we just moved. And yeah. that's very exciting for us. That house is not actually in Brooklyn. I hate to break it to everyone, especially us and other residents of Flatbush or Dipmas Park mm-hmm. in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. It's actually in Newark, but Marlborough, Dorchester... I think we'll go check it out because we can walk there in about 10 minutes. So that's cool. That's all. That was my first point. Okay. Well, <laughs> I, what I want to say is we didn't talk about mothers as buses. Oh, wow. We didn't talk. Okay. So <laughs> that's a good segue. Yeah. Let's go from my wonderfully insightful yeah. comment to yours. Yeah. Okay. Um, mothers I'm as buses. Reminding you. Go. <laughs> <laughs> you go. Um, I mean, I think it's... I think Melfi is correct that it's very insightful. And I think mm-hmm. that it's one of a couple moments in this episode where there are these redemptive and humanizing moments for Tony sure. Soprano in the midst of him actually kind of devolving yeah. into his worst yeah. state. Um, and I think that in some ways it's interesting because despite the fact that I feel like he hasn't taken therapy very seriously and there's a strong argument to be made for how he's just honing his skills he is actually dealing right. with these emotions and these right. questions. And maybe he actually has come to a deeper understanding of yeah. them over this time. I right. think that is what is kind of offered yep. through that statement. Yep. And I think that's really interesting. And I like that we're left with that interaction. Like that's the last we see of Tony and Melfi oh. in this episode. So right. Almost dropped it <laughs> um, But yeah, 
Really interesting. Yeah. Really interesting. Absolutely. I think it's like, I think the part of it that interests me the most is like, so like I get like, he's like, you know, you're kind of like a passenger and the mothers of the buses. But then the thing he says about like, we're just like the mistake we make is that we just keep trying to get back on the bus. Right. I just don't, I don't know what to make of that. Well, I guess for him, it's, there's this big nothing nihilistic aspect Mm. and for aj if he's criticizing carmela of being too coddling of looking for comfort Mm. looking for people to do things for him not being a man there Mm. is this kind of understanding that could come from that philosophy right i suppose right um i mean we can think of the different characters who were you know we know their mothers and we can kind of analyze what it could mean Mm -hmm. yeah no i just like i just it it's it's a really interesting statement like we and we don't really unpack it in the show yeah right like she just kind of says like it's insightful we don't really know why Mel, like what melfi finds insightful about it necessarily right like we don't really um we're kind of past like dealing with melfi as her own character she is mm-hmm. kind of she serves tony at this point yeah like we don't really get a window into her psyche or her thoughts that often and we do actually see right. it with Kupferberg. yeah um, well, it's funny that the, writer, the, writers, the writers give us that, right? Like her talking about this other patient, which leads her to talk about Tony Soprano. Right. Ellie Kupperberg with the mic drop as he drops, as he drinks his like mesh water. Yeah. <laughs> He's so weird. What a great character. Great character. Yeah. Um, um, okay. We have more New Yorkers and Phil all smoking cigars. Very in control. Nice uh, right. early Soprano symbol. Yeah. That scene with Phil yelling out of the top of his house Very is strange. so bizarre. <laughs> and like Carmine saying like, Uncle Philly, like just come down. Like yeah. it's just like a very strange scene. Phil is I haven't so seen that in our up. neighborhood yet. <laughs> <laughs> Walking back from the Q train. <laughs> um, yeah, such a bizarre scene. Um, yeah. I have at the construction site where the New Yorkers go... And end up beating up the person working. Um, and somebody comes and complains and says, come on, it's not his fault. And then they're saying, maybe it's your fault. And then he's kind of running away. And he does say, call the cops. But there's this aspect of kind of like not stepping in. Right. Of like letting things kind of like happen. Last episode, not yeah. taking action. Yeah. Not maybe, yeah, like doing the easy thing rather than the right thing. Right. Um, I mean, maybe calling the police is the right thing. But I think... It isn't his fault also, and it's yeah. it's kind of, it's unfair that he is bearing the brunt of this. But there's this, like, endless collateral damage that also comes from the behavior and lifestyles of the mafia mm-hmm. and all the characters that we know. And it's, mm-hmm. there's no real justice, and there's this kind of, like, totem pole and almost everybody else who's unfortunate to be brought into the orbit is just constantly suffering mm-hmm. by, the, by the hands of the people that we're yeah. supposed to, in many ways, empathize with. Yeah. Yeah. The only other thing I really had was the session, like the kind of like group therapy session with Tony and Carmela and AJ and AJ's therapist. Yeah. Very straight faced man. Like very, very expressionless man. <laughs> he uh, kind of looks like a very um, expressionless man doctor. Carmela's boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. a similarity. Um, but it, like I was thinking, like, because AJ says these things, he's like, did you ever, like, they're talking about him smoking weed at his confirmation and him saying, you called me an animal. Right. 
and him saying, did you ever think I was self-medicating? Like, it was me self-medicating. Also his raincoat. Uh, the raincoat. second grade. Right? Like, it's these, and we see Tony do these things too, right? Like, using kind of the language that therapy gives you or, like, the level, mm. like, this, like, focus on, you know, like, therapy is, like, again, like, I've said this last episode, like, it's all about you, right? It's this, like, very, it's not narcissistic, but it's a very self-centered thing to do right Right. like it's about exploring your own self and to see both of these characters use those things that has been said to them in therapy as weapons right and kind of like weaponizing therapy to again like Carmela said like playing the depression card right to kind of like make excuses for their behavior yeah um and kind of like rationalize them in some ways too so that was an important scene also and yeah. that's right. And that's right before then the story of Livia. But anyways. Yeah. No, abs- absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Also, like the kind of the issues that AJ has, the kind of simplicity of them, mm-hmm. the kind of he has actually kind of had this coddled existence. Sure. And that. Oh, yeah. Like his, his thing, like the dorky raincoat one. It's like. Right. Poor you, AJ. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like literally poor you. Yeah. <laughs> I had a mushroom cut when I was a kid. Do you talk about it in therapy? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to talk about it right now. <laughs> okay. Is this your therapy? Yeah, okay. it is. Cool. Um, I believe that that is all of my ideas for now. All right. Yeah, me too. That feels good. Feels um, good. Great episode. Great episode. Can't believe, yeah, two more. Wow. Um, yeah. This has been a long journey for us. Yeah. We started over a year ago now. Yep. And it's coming to an end. Uh, if you've sad. been, <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> it's gonna be fine. <laughs> but do write to us if you are listening and interested in the same things we are and want to talk about it. Yeah. We like discussing these things. And thank you for listening. It's fun to do this for us. Yeah. And we're looking forward yeah. to coming back for the last two, which are very major episodes yeah. in the series. We also are thinking about what we might want to do next. <laughs> Even though we're tired. We'll see when Alex gets back from his tour. Right. Maybe after maybe the new year. Maybe. Yeah. We'll get there. I wanna do it. To do something else. Yeah. So if you have any ideas for what we should do. Right. <laughs> with our time that we've been uh, investing into doing yeah. this podcast, let us know. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for listening. Bye.